0: This week I'm joined by Jakob Lund Fisker, who is the author of Early Retirement Extreme, a philosophical and practical guide to financial independence. In this episode we discuss consumerism, credit and personal freedom, alongside many other topics. I'd like to say a big thank you to all my paid patrons and subscribers for making all of this work possible, and if you would like to support Medics or become part of the community, please find links in the description below. Enjoy. So, uh, Jakob lund thanks very much for joining us on Hermitics Podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Um, we are going to be discussing sort of something a bit different. I mean, we, you know, this podcast, we talk about fringe topics, philosophy, things along these lines. And, you know, this was a book. So, Jakob, you've written a book called Early Retirement Extreme, A Philosophical and Practical Guide to Financial Independence, which to most people listening probably won't sound like the most sort of um philosophical text out there or theoretical text but actually it's packed full of sort of practical theory as a you know given as a way to sort of navigate the the sort of hellish consumerism we world we live within so i found it extremely um you know sort of poignant and helpful along those lines and you know I sort of gather that you do podcast interviews but people are usually asking you about you know all the real pr- practical tips and you know what you know what should I rent or should I buy a mortgage etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's great for this anyone who wants to save money and and um, you know how you what you put on the back how to retire in your 20s and 30s if anyone wants to learn how to do that get this book but uh, with today we're going to be focusing on the sort of the the philosophical side of your book um, so you
1: know just tell us a little bit about you and and, and how this book came about well i mean um, i guess i guess you could say like i'm in the in the business of of designing uh, alternative lifestyles in a sense and um, what i've been uh, specifically focused on during the last the past twenty years essentially since about two thousand has been to uh, create an alternative to this uh, Prevailing uh, paradigm of uh, the growth economy with career careerism and consumerism and, and, and look at alternative lifestyles that would be more compatible with sort of like a 21st century limits to growth uh, scenario of uh, resource constraints, pollutions, topsoil loss and stuff like that. And um, I think what separates uh, what sort of like makes me a little bit more special than usual, <laughs> what separates me from the typical approach is that I've not been focusing on this as sort of like a uh, an academic job or a think tank job of writing policy papers, but more like living it and testing it and see, see what works sort of in my own life. And then translating all this um, essentially theory into uh, actionable individual advice behavior so it's essentially what my focus has been has been um philosophy in sort of like the original practical sense rather than more modern thing where you sit and write uh, write papers and get them published uh, and this philosophy essentially uh is about how to live well in the in the 21st century so um one one of the things, for example, I did very early on was to calculate the maximum ceiling on individuals' individual spending, if uh, say the the the, um, this, the the pie that is the earth had to be divided evenly and not exceed the carrying capacity. And my bag of the envelope uh, calculation back when I was in grad school, uh, showed that that was about six thousand dollars per person per year. So we so 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 it's essentially became my mission to see if it was possible to live well on uh, on that amount uh so for the past 20 years about uh, even more actually I, I don't really have counts for my early student years i've been living on about 6 to 7000 $7, uh, dollars per year and continuously sort of like learning ways to become more efficient uh, spending uh, stretching the dollars or well, the money, the cash, the income. Uh, further, using things like systems theory, looking at yields and flows, and resource loops, and and and, and generally try to move away from this whole consumerism idea, which is tremendously wasteful. Uh, and instead, sort of been going towards a, a more uh, resilient way of of living. Um, but um, so. So 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 I, I, I did that for a while. Uh, and what, what people turned out to be most interested in was 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 not really sort of like the, uh, the 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 resource problem or the resilience, but one of the side effects of this whole sort of lifestyle experiment. And that that was that the money I had saved from my job, which I didn't really sort of use anymore, made me made me uh, financially independent by by the age of, of 30. And by financial independency, I, I essentially mean I no longer had to work for a living. I had enough money for the rest of my life. So um, for the past 13 years, so since about 2007, uh, I've been running a website called earlyretirementextreme.com, which started out as a blog and that ran for four years. That essentially became the research notes for for. The, the actual book you just talked about, the one I wrote, um, which is sort of works more like a like a textbook uh, describing sort of like the uh, the intellectual framework for understanding alternative lifestyles and how to design design them within the parameters of what one wants to do oneself. I mean, most most books tend to be sort of more like uh, autobiographies, anecdotal, or he- heavy on the inspiration and symbol tricks. But mine is sort of more like a like a textbook, people either love it or hate it for, for that reason. Um, so on top of that, uh, the website also has a wiki and an active forum. So um, sort of like the combination of all that, I think that functions more or less like a, as a sl- sort of like a small online college of, as, of practical living, uh, sort of teaching the alternatives to, to uh, the prevailing consumerism. So, yeah, that was sort of like my shortest intro. <laughs> okay. okay. How did you get to that um, figure of 6,000 per year then? Um, yeah, it's, so so it was essentially a bag of the envelope calculation where I looked at, um, so there's something called the ecological footprint. Oh. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, a little bit a little bit yeah okay okay so um so that can be uh, calculated it, is, it was it was a project started by a guy named uh, Mathis, uh bacanato i'm probably butchering that name um where well, they calculated how much um accurate, essentially how much land area a given lifestyle would need in terms of like uh sourcing raw material from elsewhere i mean especially like in europe uh, there tends to be some a uh, pride in how green things are getting, uh, green in the in, in the ecological sense, uh, you know, less pollution. But uh, in many ways, that's because all the pollution has been exported to uh, developing countries uh, like uh, China, India, and so on. And so the footprint essentially tries to um, compensate or include that uh, aircrews. And so you can calculate how many uh, planets one would need to uh, to uh, sustain the current resource, uh, resource consumption of of the entire planet. And if you also know like the global GDP, you can see what the sustainable GDP is and you divide that by the total population. And when I did that, so that's essentially a bag of the envelope calculation. So when I did that in uh, 2000, I got $6,000 per person per year.
0: Uh, I see. I see. So that's sort of a a monetary estimate of you know what it is to li- live a truly sustainable yeah. life yeah i mean it's obviously
1: not uh, as 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 accurate as as looking at all the raw materials separately like uh oil plastics uh, rocks uh, magnesium and so on and so forth but it uses instead instead it uses just this, this kind of dollar proxy yeah uh, Okay. And I, I recently recalculated the number a couple of years ago. So these numbers are sort of like lagging the real world development a little bit. So, but in 2018, the number was 6,700 per person per year because primarily there's been inflation, but there's also been a significant population increase. So it kind of almost evens out. Hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, maybe that'll probably come back in as to how that's possible. There's probably people sitting there now, I imagine you're you're used to it, but people saying, you know, how the hell do you do, you do that? But before yeah. we uh before we head any further, <laughs> I do have to ask you the hermitics question, which is uh you can place three thinkers, living or dead, into a room and listen in on the conversation. Who do you pick? Yeah. And I'm sort of intrigued because in the back of your book is a very, very eclectic bibliography. So <laughs> yeah, who would
1: you who would you yeah. pick? Um so that, yeah that was that was a really really interesting question. So I figured I'd sort of like pick pick the more sort of in the spirit of things of of, of, of this podcast than what I might be personally interested in right now mm-hmm. um and And one thing I've noticed trying to figure out uh so 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 another thing about the book, you will not, you notice, notice that it doesn't really have any sort of like references or referencing in you know, No, I enjoyed, of, the, I enjoyed that, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh and, and one thing I found when I was trying to figure out who, who, who came up with this originally, right? Because I mean not, not much of what I'm saying is actually very original. It's just the way that it's put that it's put together might be might be a little novel. And and so it turns out that that many of these these ideas, you know, questioning society and trying to find a way uh, for oneself to live outside it uh cyclical rather it's rather than being some kind of evolutionary progression like you know your standard science where things people just technically know more and more and more um so um digging into some history i found that the ideas tend to be sort of like rediscovered uh and, and, and 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 these guys, the guys like me, uh, the current sort of like movement tend to pop up uh, again and again, over and over, and something like a forty to eighty year cycle. <laughs> uh, so, so every forty years, and definitely every eighty years, people start talking about these things again, and then it kind of like fades away a little bit. So, if if, if we sort of like pick a cycle, you get you get something like two thousand, the two thousand tens. You go back forty years to the seventies, the thirties, the eighteen nineties in the 1850s. So, so in picking people, I thought, and presumably also if we go forward, we'll get something <laughs> back again in, in 2050 and again in 90, 2090. So um, what, what I thought might be interesting would be to uh, pick people that have not been alive at, at, at the same time, so more or less do not have an overlap in, in sort of like in person and, and see what these guys have, uh, have in common. Mm-hmm. You see what i mean yeah yeah uh, because i'm sort of so, so more interested in commonalities and than differences so like if, if if we pick from from these sort of eras and if from 1850 we have the sort of like uh henry thoreau and uh what's his name uh ralph Emery, what? Ah, shit. emerson oh. emerson yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so these these two guys um from 1930s you'd find the guys who sort of like started all this Whole consumerism and industrialism and, and rebelled very early on so that would be uh, ralph bosody i might not pronounce that correctly but uh he's not very well known in the west but he's apparently quite well known in india and he wrote a book called this ugly civilization and flight from the city uh and uh, these are very hard to find now you probably have to pay like hundreds of dollars to to find them in a the bookstore uh and um he actually that I mean, both of these guys essentially voted with their feet uh, Thoreau did not really sort of as far as I understand live in his uh, his cabin for more than a couple of years but uh, Basotti, uh he uh, he sort of his really escaped the the, the the city and ran built his own house and his book was essentially self-published he did his own typesetting uh, wow. my book incidentally is also self-published I did not do my own typesetting with <laughs> I mean, I'm very I, I originally thought of doing my own book binding, but like in retrospect that would have been, would have been insane. Uh but he also ran a school of living and, and tried to sort of solve many of these sort of problems decades before people even sort of like realized it was a problem. Um and then from the from the 70s, maybe like uh, Helen and Scott Nearing, um, they were also active in the 30s. Uh, That's all like the back to the to the land, and it's all like heavy hippie movement. Um, if if we can go back to the 2010s, and I don't know, maybe my own sort of conceited self might be a choice of uh, Vicky Robin or Joe Dominguez. Uh, so they also go back to the 70s. But ideally, I would I really like to pick 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 for my third character. I'd pick some someone who probably hasn't been born yet, or is about to get born, and so someone who would. Start talking about these things in, in 2050 to see how much of this what we're doing currently is still relevant. Yeah, why
0: do you, why do you think it comes in those cycles then of sort of
1: uh, forty years? Uh, well, that's a, that's a really good question because if 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 you knew that you basically have like a theory of history, right? <laughs> uh, um, I think I think um so there's uh, so there's a book called The Fourth Turning by uh, Strauss and Hove. Uh, and they, they they go for this generational cycle thing, uh where 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 there are like four types of generations and they just sort of like repeat their own behavior over and over and over again. Uh so like you know, like Boomer's generation X, millennials, etc. And they they their, their book goes back like hundreds of years trying to sort of match things up. And I somehow suspect that that this might sort of like tie into that, if that makes sense. Uh, but uh, the, the, the problem for making this kind of like research is that it's, it's actually not that usual. There are not that many books published on, on, on this stuff. I mean, one reason I published my book was that there was essentially not really much of anything out there at the time, uh, because it, I think it was because it was at the start of the cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the only one that comes close for me is uh the one you you mentioned, Vicky Robin. Um yeah. the, the book the the title of the book's completely skipped my mind. Uh it's your money or your life. That's the one. It's your money yeah. or your life, yeah. That's yeah. But that's not like that's very specific to do with spending habits, whereas yours goes across like a few and I mean there's yeah. a couple of other I mean, novels like Ram Ran Prier writes about this stuff, but he doesn't He's not too practical. And John Michael Greer yeah. occasionally drops in practical stuff. Yeah. 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 But uh
1: these were actually like early inspirations for me too. <laughs> Sorry? Uh Ren Priya, and uh, JMG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, early inspirations for me. Uh so I mean I I I I started um I actually used to be some one of one of one of these. I used to be a normal person. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh one of one of those like what we, what we could sort of like call an oblivious techno-optimistic consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, just, just making money, um, saving it up, buying gadgets, uh, being really happy about those gadgets, and then sort of like losing interest and saving up for the next gadget. <laughs> uh and so on and so forth, you know, and sort of accumulating in a, a tremendous amount of electronic junk in, in closets and attics and so on. Um so uh but but during my twenties I, I kind of became aware of this whole like resource and, and pollution problem. Uh like there's actually something called landfills. Well all the stuff we threw out when it just didn't sort of like magically go away, right? <laughs> uh normally we don't really think about what happens to the things we throw away, but some of like the largest man-made structures are actually landfills uh wow. and, and mines. Uh, i mean there's there's like a copper mine in utah that has its, it is so deep and so wide that it has its own weather system what uh, yeah uh, i forget what it's called uh but it's it's a copper mine uh, there's a similar one in russia yeah yeah so like pilots are like uh, specifically warned when they fly over it so you have to compensate for that or something like that um, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. uh so i mean when i when i found out about um well, out, uh, um about these sort of like uh, sustainability problems and and that the world might not be sort of as, as, as star start as as i had imagined it, it would be i mean i was i was in grad school at the time uh, uh, studying astrophysics so i had kind of figured that uh, the world would just sort of like improve and improve and at some point we would have like a united federation of planets with complete with warp drives and i wanted to do sort of my little my own little contribution to uh to, to making that happen, so I was like running computer models of neutron stars, um, and then then I then then I learned about this stuff which which nobody had ever talked about, uh, and it sort of like turned out to be sort of like a real real thing. I'd just been bit, it, it was just not part of the standard curriculum, and so I that's that's when it, when I started living on on. Uh, these like six thousand dollars per year. Um, so my main interest at that point was uh, energy resources. Uh, so that, that in, during the two thousands, there was something called the peak oil movement, mm-hmm. and I actually uh, ran uh, one a fairly highly ranked uh, uh, page uh, on, on, on peak oil at the time. But what I found when I talked to other people about the problem that it, it, it was, I was, I was generally told to like, please, Jacob, can you just like shut up about this? This is like depressing. I just don't <laughs> want to hear about it. Right. So, so we had this sort of like little, little online group. Uh, this was like way before this really took off. Uh, there was, there was on Yahoo groups. And, um, and we were like mostly preaching, to The choir, as I saw it, so mm-hmm. so and that that turned me off, off this whole sort of like the ac- academic solution that we just need to inform people, solutions will magically appear, politicians will do the right thing, people will stop doing the wrong things, you know, both the right people in, uh, and then that sort of like clearly did not happen, right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's sort of like uh, sort of like fairly naive when it comes down to it, um, but one one of so so. I mean, I was I was actually uh, uh, in, invited at one point to the association for the for the study of of peat to become an outreach coordinator, but I sort of like soured on the whole thing there, so like we're not really accomplishing anything. Um, so no, it's, it's not meant to sort of like dig at those guys. Uh, I mean, it later became became a thing. I just sort of my timing was bad there. But um, what what people were interested in were 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 the side effect of of, of my sort of like less wasteful for living, uh, which was that uh, I was essentially able to uh, retire at 30. Mm -hmm. And so I think, well, I mean, maybe if I, maybe if I like write about that, you know, like extreme early financial independence, instead of talking about like, um, energy resources, or like climate change, then maybe that would be like a motivational carrot instead. Something that people could relate to in, 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 in their own lives, because like if you just tell people, well, I mean, we we have like a big problem with the earth, and you all you got to do your part. They're just gonna see like, yeah, but why should I do my part when like the fifty largest com- corporations emit like you know like ninety percent of the CO two or something? So people feel like it's futile but you can have i mean that's sort of what i realized you could have sort of like the same goal but two different motivations the two different approaches to it so if i instead talk about how to live very efficiently with very little waste and in turn save money so people could stop stop working then maybe people who did not really enjoy this kind of like career careerist work culture we had they might do it for other reasons than my reasons and but effectively it would be the same thing mm-hmm
0: but I mean Uh, of course people are going to say you know going to say because you retired at 30 uh, I'm sure you've had people saying you know aren't you bored or what do you do and this really leads back to the fact that we're sort of obsessed with doing stuff and having stuff right that's the that's the what I guess what a game designer if they were to design the western world that's our loop you work you get money you buy the stuff and you've sort of left that loop I mean but what's why where do you think this obsession comes from for for that loop that work buy stuff work buy stuff
1: right right learn bicycle i yeah. mean um hold, hold so, so, so it's, it's, it's so why why are we essentially looking at like productivity and then shopping as as like the big things in life mm-hmm. and i think it's 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 i mean so 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 the thing is is um that's, um, we tend to be a little bit like sort of like fish in the water in that we don't see the water un- until we leave the water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, productivity and 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 shopping um, is is essentially we we focus on this because those 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 are the things that define us in in in, in sort of like the aquarium we live in. And the, the social and economic order of of our culture is essentially designed by. Uh, consumerism and careerism and if you create sort of like a ladder which humans like to do so they can rank themselves against other people then productivity I think and and what you buy is essentially uh, sort of gives you where you are on that ladder relative to others so so when people talk about like productivity like uh, oh I'm so productive and I'm so busy I have so many things to do I'm so tired that is essentially to me, an indication of whether they're climbing or falling on that sort of like socioeconomic ladder, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the same, same thing on the shopping side. If, if people are going on exotic vacations and talking about that on Facebook, then that, that's like high status. Whereas if they're sort of like doing sort of like a staycation, that's like lower status. So you can, you, can, you can kind of tell whether some, someone is sort of like climbing the ranks of um, hitting into middle management by how, how much they talk about their own productivity. So to me, that's sort of like a symptom of, of all that. Uh, which, I mean, specifically, I would say uh, might, I might sort of like make a few people angry. I think it's especially like a Western middle class phenomenon. Uh if, if you sort of like leave the middle class and go to like the uh, precariat or the underclass, the working class, no, working class is a bad word, I think. Uh, it's more like the underclass, the struggling class or the what you could say, the wealth class, the elite class. They do not talk about productivity in the same sense unless it's someone else doing it for them. But, yeah.
0: No, I agree. I mean, that's something that that but I think I think the problem there, of course, is that the middle class is now the biggest class, at least in the fact that right. a lot of people who are extremely well off think they're, you know, they're still retaining, they're still within the middle class Absolutely. and a lot of people who don't earn that much are really struggling to get in it or to stay in it, but um, yeah, I've, yeah, no- yeah. I've noticed yeah. that they're as long- well that sort of fetishism for oh my god, I'm so stressed and they actually, seems to me like an almost masochistic enjoyment of right, how right, stressed, yeah. how busy someone can get yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and and I think sort of, I mean, it kind of goes back to this this idea of like uh, of, of of game design um, in, in terms of. So, I it's hard to, it's hard to tell whether this uh, the game is designed deliberately or whether it's just something that sort of comes about when you can't when you, when you don't really you can't really run the experiment experiment very much out, outside the world we're living in. It's kind of like the economy. It's hard to run experiments. Um, but yeah, so like uh, the, the middle class, because it's so large currently, defense, essentially defines the culture, mm-hmm. um, and 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 therefore also sort of people might say they're productive, but they're just saying it because that's 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 what you say to have a conversation with other people. Um, um, I think um, one 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 easy way to sort of like s- try to look at it from a more from sort of like a game design perspective is to try to go back in history and, and look at other cultures and what what the middle class uh, like most of us essentially have is still like this agricultural mindset uh, where more labor is essentially creates more value the harder you work the more the more you get out of it um so we have generally no focus on on like land ownership that's not a thing for us we don't talk about how big our our uh, uh, what, what's it called estate or land ownership how much land we own
0: mm-hmm.
1: or how how uh, the, the size of our capital holdings that's not part of the conversation but we can talk about how productive we can talk about our labor uh, and i think this this kind of culture is also why we value youth i mean because young people tend to be more productive whereas if you're like old the older you get the more useless useless you get the less because you get other interests right um and so that leaves less time for productivity so you're kind of like already fading away in relevance whereas if you compare this sort of like the agricultural uh culture we have to uh hunter gatherers or investors they spend more time like preparing you know the hunting grounds or what to invest in next they they spend time on learning about the layout of the land where's like the best spots uh and then they just sit around waiting you know, like for some animal to walk past them, or like some fish to bite on the hook, and that's that's like an, an, an entirely different attitude. And you don't see these guys talking about productivity to nearly the same <laughs> degree, right? The um, same thing with agriculture, right? So 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 it will, it, once you start sort of like uh, digging dirt for a living, right, and 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 and, and growing stuff, you got a fence thing. You, you had the ability since you're not you're, you're no longer nomadic in any way. You're no longer moving around. Um, so you have the, uh, the, the 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 ability to fence things in. You could fence in your food, and then you can protect your your or you can start hoarding. And you don't see that in, in nomads because they just can't carry all that stuff. So they're like naturally limited. I think um, there was some kind of um, study of of what 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 the in, in terms of possessions. It's something like the average American now owns about four hundred diff. Four hundred thousand things, wow. on average. Uh, but that's that's like counting everything. So that's that's like counting each individual sock and, and each individual pin in like a container or something like that, or each pencil. But still, four hundred thousand. That's that's like an insanely large amount of uh, uh, of, of items. I hate to be the grad student having to. Uh, to count all that. <laughs> um but the so so they did the same thing for 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 nomads, hunter-gather gatherer, uh, hunter-gather nomads, and, and the limits seem to be universally about twenty pounds of possessions. Wow. And that's that's about the same as one can sort of comfortably carry walking long distances and coincidentally also what fits in a in carry on luggage, right? <laughs> uh, Whereas, like the limits for, for, for consumers is sort of like a, a, in the first degree, it's it's what you can fit in, in your room, second degree is what you can fit in the uh, the basement, the attic, and the garage, and, 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 and the third degree is like infinite because you can just throw it out and it ends up in some kind of landfill out of sight.
0: Well, this is this is this you know always makes me think of James Kunstler always used to say that the only investment in property is if there's water on the land, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise. Most people will actually buy their houses subconsciously because they know they need a they need a place to put these all this stuff.
1: Right? That's why people have a house. Yeah. Like uh, what is it? Like uh, is it is yeah, George, George like Carlin? A yeah, George George Carlin's house is just a, a roof to keep your stuff, uh, keep your shit or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 embarrassingly accurate, I think. Um, and, uh, and of course, one way out of this this mentality is also like the the, the minimalism and the digital nomadism that that you see uh, people engage in. Um, and then on on the flip side of, of of that, with industrialization, then there was like another another way of sort of like get, getting getting identity and that uh, when 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 you, when we meet people, we 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 ask them so like, what do you do for a living, hmm. right? uh so i mean i don't know i mean that's very american uh i don't know if it's a british thing to- yeah no we do that as well it's always the first yeah. question um, and uh, i mean me not really doing anything for a living i find it really hard to answer that question because like i do like a billion different things but we don't like ask about like family relations you know like which what what is your like family what's your family name or what are your connections or something or we don't ask like yeah which apparently they do in south america i don't know if this is like a like a myth or something but like which soccer team do you support (laughs) uh first question right (laughs) uh where's where's the secret fishing spot? you know those are the things like we, we we don't talk much about that so um and Maybe that goes back to this whole, like, uh, well, I do this for a living and I'm so-and-so productive. Then you yeah, I
0: mean, that's what I was so going to say, because, I mean, I do this for a living and it's still, like, I've done this now for a year as a living. And there's, I don't really like saying what I do because there's a stigma sort of attached to, you yeah. know, it doesn't sound very productive. Probably same with you saying, you know, oh, you know, I don't really do much, but I do this blog or, uh, you know, things along these lines. It just doesn't sound like a productive job, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I sit
1: around and collect dividends. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, going back to that, uh, you know, this idea of all this stuff
0: that we have in our houses. You know, this is one of my favorite Greer, John Michael Greer quotes. Is uh, just a paraphrase. He sort of says that contemporary value is is we've been sort of fobbed off on. We believe there's value in all these, like you know, TVs, cars, etc. But really, if you were to strip away all the quick crap that we buy most people don't have much of genuine value in their in their lives they have a house maybe you know they might have some education but uh you know where do you think we can find real real value these days outside of consumer goods
1: well i mean the thing is sort of like what i've realized over over the years i mean i used to be sort of like uh i think i'm a little a bit more experienced in dealing with people now <laughs> Uh when I when I started my blog, I was I was I was more of a firebrand and more ideological and I was kind of like my way or the highway. Uh but uh now, now I'm sort of more realizing that people have different sources of meaning and motivation and some people are actually finding meaning in TVs and cars and, mm-hmm. and so on. Um but I mean, going um, so so like like the game game design is 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 is, is, is a brilliant way to see this. Uh, so um, so it's not something I've been looking hugely into. I mean, I'm sort of fascinated by different what different temperaments think about things, and that's that's like a great article by uh, Richard Bartle. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, uh, he was the uh, creator of the first multi-user dungeon, right? And he wrote a. Uh, so it's kind of like World of Warcraft, but like with text, like years ago. <laughs> um, so he wrote a, wrote, wrote, a, wrote a brilliant article called Players Who Sweeten Muds, where he divided people into achievers, socializers, explorers, and killers. <laughs> and so achievers, those, 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 those are people who are sort of gaming, they play the game to rack up achievements. And that's essentially the productivity people we, we just talked about. Um, Then socializers, they're mainly interested in like talking to other people, hanging out at the water cooler and and connecting with people. You know, they come to work not sort of like to achieve the corner office, but to like hang out with their colleagues. And um, then they're like the explorers. Uh, So I personally identify mostly as an explorer. Uh, So we like to sort of learn new things. And if we're not learning things, we think that the work is pointless. Uh, the, the flip side of that is that uh, is, is exactly that. In that, once we've learned how to work a new job, uh, we kind of lose interest. We want to go on and learn the next thing. And then there are the the killers uh, who are essentially the, the 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 competition. People are people with a com- com- competitive mindset. So 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 their meaning is essentially trying to best others. Or I wouldn't. I would not say it necessarily kill others, but to, to engage in combat with others to see who the, who who will win. And um, so the the, the current, uh, I think, the current world uh, of, of consumerism and career careerism has essentially set up mostly for achievers, uh, where 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 like the goal is, is status and stuff, and you, you that kind of goes back to to uh, when. Um, uh, mass advertising, uh, marketing, propaganda essentially was was turned towards getting getting rid of all this industrialized production that 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 uh, yeah industrialization has suddenly made possible for everybody to own something. What do, what do we do with it? We had to distribute it, and we have to get like a piano in into the room of of everybody. So if they made uh, advertising was not no longer about say like this this Steinway piano says this and that tonality you know and it's built like with the finest component instead it just became sort of like a the the ads kind of changed from these like long sort of like test uh, long text like each 18th century advertising mm-hmm. oh, you had a long test text sorry <laughs> describing um, all the benefits uh, and construction methods of why this was the finest product but that kind of turned into sort of more of an emotional picture, saying, like, um, uh, a home with a a piano is a mark of success or something. So people would buy a piano even if they didn't, like, know how to play it. So so the meaning was not in learning how to play the piano or, like, you know, like, learn how to uh, appreciate music or simply to have a home with a piano. And so, if, if, if that's sort of the way people can achieve things, you know, you can just sell them forever, right? I mean, that's like right now, I just learned like a couple of weeks ago, like, so with the with solid whole COVID Zoom, Zoom meetup thing, there's a, apparently been a little bit of a problem with people like arranging like the proper background. For 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 what they have behind them, and and the best thing for like a, for for an achiever is to like show sort of like a well well stocked bookshelf, <laughs> and so so people have sort of like set up these like mini studios, and and they are now book bookstores selling books by the linear foot. For, for, yeah, I saw. For these like online, books. yeah. So, yeah, you can buy like twelve feet of, of books. Yeah, and you can select them by the color as well, and like yeah, start. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like uh, twelve, pink, twelve foot, of, twelve feet of pink books about political science. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know,
1: we the Western world
0: always find finds ways to sort of keep that um, means to d- just continuously desire things. It's always new ways to keep people there. And I mean, I think this is the big question: is how do you? I mean, how how have you snapped out of that and realized? Hang on, I'm being taken for a ride here. This is just propaganda uh
1: well i guess you get i guess you need like a shot to the system or something i mean for me it was definitely this whole like um like the landfill issue and that consumerism would actually could actually be a bad thing so
0: okay so but going back to this the the credential thing you know this a lot of your argument or your points that you're putting forward here seem to revolve around status were you when you were in school were you critical of credentialism then or did it you because i mean i've just realized i'm probably an explorer type as well and i remember sort of doing my graduate my degree and then my master's and probably just realized now probably the same as you you get to the end of these things and you look at the credential and you think oh okay i'll just do the next thing now so (laughs) there's something you know what was it about credential when did you realize credential you know credentialism is a thing i guess And Um... and that you know school is largely just a system to get you to believe the great you know, earn and buy myth.
1: Yeah. I think, I think for like credentials specifically, I don't know if I was just self self selected, but my background is in, in physics and, uh, we're, we're not really that big on like, um, calling ourselves titles or anything. What, because it's very clear you, you can, you can look at someone's work and you can see exactly how good, good, good they are at that, what they're doing. So, so physicists tend to be like on a first name basis. Uh, it's not something like, yeah, I insist on being called doctor, professor, professor, doctor, doctor, you know, <laughs> honorary degrees, et cetera. Um, so um, the same thing. I mean, I, I, I personally feel a little bit embarrassed when someone like slaps, like, you know, the slash PhD after my name's like, but that's irrelevant. It's not necessary. That kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know. Um I don't know if it's like completely pervasive to any, anyone but, but achievers. I don't think it's like 90% of the population are achievers. It's just sort of like how you can get people to work. Um, I, I would say I kind of, I, uh, I retired from physics when I realized that in order to keep sort of like moving ahead, it was almost impossible to continue being just an explorer. And you had to get into this kind of achievement game. Uh, with you know, publish and perish. It's it's not really about getting people to have develop a deeper understanding. It's it's specifically in in science about putting out four papers every year mm-hmm. and, and gaming the system that way. And and that's yeah. We'll go to the big the the question then. I think if
0: people are asking about practical decisions, um, you know, how how do we exit the, the you know the mentality of earn by you know as as our
1: Design okay. end. Yeah. Right, right, there. yeah, yeah. Uh, is, so to get out of it, I mean, I think uh, in in the book in, in in chapter one, I sort of like identify three three things people need. I mean, first of all, you need to be unhappy about your situation, uh, as in like quite quite unhappy about it, uh, and then then you essentially need to either develop or discover by seeing someone else uh, a vision of an alternative that there's like some an, another thing one could be doing instead and then there needs there needs to be some kind of viable plan to get from where you currently are to to where you want to be and it's it's often it it often happens that people are actually sitting in living a life of i think comfortable misery not knowing that there's a there's an alternative, or if they sort of like imagine there's an alternative, they, they kind of talk themselves into why 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 it wouldn't work for them because like uh, I mean there's sort of like the, uh, the there's like an intellectual immune system essentially kicking in if you see someone else out there like wow there's a guy who uh, like retired at, at thirty why why am I still working and and, and being unhappy about it when I'm like forty five for example. And and so that sort of like immune system tries to 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 figure out the way of justifying why one might have made like bad choices uh so like it'll be something like, yeah, well, I have a mortgage to pay, or I have bills or I have children, or he lived in an r v or something like that um
0: there's the there's obviously the question of how does consumerism sort of stop us ever being dissatisfied from this loop, this earned by loop. Um, you know, you'd think at some point we'd all break out of it, but uh, but we don't. So there must be something there. It, uh, you know, why do you think this is?
1: Yeah. So like in, in, in theory, there's this like hedonic treadmill that that we get on, where I, in, in which we get almost like a dopamine injection every time we buy some new stuff. And and that's also the one I it's sort of like the treadmill I was I was on as a, as a teenager and, and then in my early twenties, in, in which I was like saving up for for new stuff so I could like sort of like feel this sort of like burst burst of happiness. Um and and, and this can essentially become sort of almost like in, in, uh, in a form of abuse, I I would say. I mean I would I would uh, research, you know, like do consumer research and you know there are like tons of magazines for this stuff as well. Um of like which what 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 is the best uh, SLR camera to buy. And so I'd spend a few months figuring that out while I was like saving up and then I would Go ahead and buy the camera and learn a little bit about photography. But my goal was not really to be become a great photographer. Uh, I was not really interested in photography. I was interested in the in the stuff I could buy to become the photographer. Right? Mm-hmm. You see, kind of like the same thing with 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 sports and all kinds of other interests. People buy all the stuff for it, but they they don't really don't really use it. But uh, it sort of like gives people a way to sort of like dream. You can you can you can, you can pretend you're a photographer by like buying the camera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so so I think that's sort of like keep, keeps people on 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 track working to to pay for pay for all this stuff. And I mean that's, that's of course also stuff like mortgages and bills that can also keep people working when you sign up for something to pay it later. Then your later self might disagree with what the, the choices of your past self, but you have you no longer have a choice, right? But I mean, in, in, in practice, people are kind of dissatisfied by by this. I mean, because it, I mean, you can you can go ahead and like track uh, like the happiness curves, and this is like self-reported happiness, but it, it turns out as like the GDP has risen over the, the past forty years. I mean, the, the self-reported happiness has not been increasing. So, so we've sort of like reached a, a limit of diminishing returns in terms of like spending more to be become more happy. And um, so, there's something called the Easterland paradox, um, where where happiness uh, above a certain like very low point of consumption. So, like once you have sort of like the minimum, uh, then then minimum. That's a, as, if I remember correctly, it's it's about fifteen thousand a year sort of uh, then happiness is, is, uh, is largely relative to what other people are spending. So it turns out humans are not necessarily happy on an absolute scale scale they become happy by doing slightly better than everybody else and and, and, and sort of like spending or earning more than average is obviously a game that the majority cannot win right. I think I think it's like a two-thirds like at the 60 60 of the 17 65 or something um and and if people try anyway right you're, you're obviously gonna end up with with winners and, and losers um and uh so i mean this is kind of like saying that in america there are no poor people that is temporarily embarrassed millionaires so so everybody thinks they have like a chance of becoming happy so like the american dream by like getting getting rich but i mean historically there's like a limit to how far this like uh uh, unevenness or like this the, the gini index how 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 high that can be before there are too many losers and, and problems uh develop uh so 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 essentially the the consumer society is 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 not a a stable solution in, in that sense yeah mm-hmm. do you do you
0: think um you know we touched on it a little bit earlier but do you think modern you know modern education prepares us for this sort of uh as a mode of propaganda gets us ready to, um, you know, to just not question this loop.
1: Um, yeah, I think to a large extent, it begins with, the begins with education actually. I, 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 I used to lead with, the like Plato's cave metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was actually presented to me in high school, but it didn't really sort of sink in at the time. So it actually turned out I did learn something useful back then. So that like the idea with that is, um, that 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 people people everybody is is uh, a, a sitting in a cave uh, and chained to the floor and their their heads are fixed so they can only uh, look look forward they cannot see each other and uh, sort of like in the simplest sort of like version there's there's a fire behind them so this is like a mini mini plate mini plate version. There's a fire behind them that sort of casts shadows on, on on the wall, and you might have some actors like making making shadows, like you know, like with the, with their hands, you know, the birds or whatever, rabbits, and and the people can see these shadows, but uh, they cannot see see anything else, and so they do not realize that uh, what they think is like the entire world is is um, is, um, is is sort of like not real. And uh, in Plato's Caves, at some point, there's there's essentially a structure in place to to keep them sitting there, talking to each other without being able to see each other about what the the shadows are are doing. And um, so the the, the question is sort of like... um, what 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 causes people to 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 remain to, to to remain seated and not sort of break off their chains and run out of the cave, cave and and sort of like see the light like literally and figuratively? So yeah. another example of that would be like uh, electric dog fences, you know, where you put put some transmitters at the end of the yard, and then the, there's like a, a collar on, on the dog. And if the, if, the god, uh, if, the, if the dog gets gets too close to 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 this kind of virtual fence, it gets like a little shock, and then it sort of learns where where it can go and where it can't go. And um, what happens is eventually, like the dog will internalize, like uh, I cannot go further than this point. And then you can pretty much, if, you, if you're brave enough, remove the remove the fence. But but in the dog's mind, the the, the fence is, is 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 technically still there because it's sort of like it's the structural freedoms have been been eliminated, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and I think something something similar is is kind of happening to, to humans in the in in, in in the school system. I mean, Einstein said something like education is uh, what remains when we've forgotten everything we learned in school. Mm-hmm. and 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 what did we learn in, in school so like one thing i mean so i've been going to school for a long long time and one thing i got really really good at was to sit sit still on my on my ass for like eight eight hours <laughs> and even longer you know and and finish work that was not really personally relevant or necessary but just sort of like handing it in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you get you get you get an assignment and you can you can finish it and and you, if you do that consistently you're like a good student i mean that's school if i think back to my
0: school from uh from, from yeah like my actual high school from sort of five till 16 i learned nothing nothing
1: of use yeah yeah i mean it's very different from say like the princess model where, where you're actually helping perform some kind of job that has like if it does doesn't If it wasn't performed, you know, like the person you're performing it for would have a problem, right? But, but like literally, nobody cares about some essay you wrote like in ninth grade or in twelfth grade or whatever. (laughs) No. (laughs) So what you know, so that for you is
0: that process of teaching us to, like, it's like it's cordoning off opportunities that otherwise, you know, school's never going to teach you to do basically what 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 you do or what digital nomads do. It's never going to say like. Maybe you you know you don't want a mortgage. Maybe you don't want to do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get you get sort of like trained to like optimize things inside the system. Like you 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 you, you follow a process that's sort of like go to school, you know, like get good grades, get a get a degree, and then you get a job. where you are essentially repeating the whole thing. I mean, one of one of one of my complaints about school. We actually had uh, that actually reminds me. So there was actually one day. Where, where they decide in high school, where they decided to do something completely different. So they, uh, they, they split up all the, all, all, all the students across classes. Um, so, so for like, for the, uh, for the international audience, so it's different in each country. So, but in the Danish system, you tend to sort of be, uh, be sorted in, in, into classes of about 15 to 20 people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and those are the people you're always taking classes with them, with the same people. At the, at the same age. But here they sort of like split, split, split by last name, which technically which, which also incidentally me and I ended up with my sister in the same group, which was like deeply embarrassing to both of us. <laughs> um, but but the point there was that we we spent all day talking to different teachers about what we thought education was supposed to be about. And, and my primary complaint was there at, at that time that well, we're just sort of like Teaching to the test. Here we're, 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 you know, like when we learn history, we're only like focusing on one specific era. We're not getting any sort of coherent framework for the whole thing. So, like, I mo- might know uh, a whole lot about ancient Egypt in the year minus three thousand or something, but I do not know what happened a thousand years later. So there's like no overarching theory and one had to sort of like go out uh, outside of the school setting if you wanted to do anything. I mean, you, you never in, 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 in the standard school system, you're never asked to figure out how to solve a problem using not only what you sort of like just learned in the chapter you just read, but also like including stuff that you might not know and figuring out where to ask or where to, how to figure that out. I mean, that was also like the the the, the, big, the biggest change between, say, like undergraduate and grad school, like doing actual research. It was a completely different mindset.
0: So yeah, I mean, that's it's the 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 strange thing about school is really what the hell is actually going on in that time frame, because nothing's. Yeah, uh, you I mean, know, there's no, as you say, there's no. No one ever sits down and says, "Like you know, here's here's you can do something useful with this information." So yeah. it's really is—it's well, I mean, just are, an
1: exercise of propaganda. Yeah, pe- people essentially are like taught. I mean, and no, I mean, it's, just, it's it's sort of like it's it's functional in a sense from the system's perspective, in in that that people get very good at at, at solving closed end problems. So that's that's a problem where like the, the, the parameters are completely defined. And 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 that, that would typically be like you read you you read a chapter and then at the end of the end of the chapter there's some questions and and you know by definition that the answer so like at least in science so like you know by definition that the answer to that question will be found in what you just read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so people are essentially trained to sort of be cogs in the machine and work as technicians. You know, like here's like a it's like a well-defined job with a set of instructions, right? And you just got to do this, this, and that. And if you don't know, you can ask the teacher or the boss. And if you don't want to do that, well, we'll just sort of like fire you and find someone else who can do exactly the same thing. So like what um, what I think what the educational system is mostly spitting out are like technicians uh, who are essentially commodities. You know, there's no, that's no like unique identifier in, in, in a worker, you know, because they're substitutable. Yeah. Do you you think that that's why,
0: you know, these days, going back to what we were talking about right at the start with middle, you know, the middle class, that's why carpentry, plumbing, all these trades, even, um, you know, garbage disposal, these are actually all frowned upon, even though they pay well. They're actually quite nice jobs and they have a practical skill. School systems just cordon these off for uh, not to be around the bush, but usually for the students who aren't as academically successful, right? But I actually think, they're, yeah.
1: they're great trades. So. I mean there's definitely some I think there's some it's definitely changing in the US now. Uh and but there's some inertia. I think I think the, so it's like the, the, whole, the whole idea about sending everything everybody to, to uh to college, right? Mm-hmm. Um I mean the the it used to be that um i mean the thing is that that the college education like the traditional sort of like commodity education we can call i guess we can call it uh was that 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 college uh, even high school for that matter you know like if you go by like 50 years it' was actually pretty hard to get into and so if you managed to 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 and then actually survive it as well if you had to, if you graduated you, you essentially had like a deserved reputation of like being a sort of like a fairly fairly intelligent uh, and reliable person because the standards were were pretty high so um the if, if you had a degree right you had this kind of like you had demonstrated a, like a consistent ability to like you know exactly s- sit on your ass and finish like difficult <laughs> assignments uh on time for like years on end mm-hmm. like you're essentially like it's it's a sl- it's a badge that you're like a reliable worker but but the thing is i mean it, reliable workers they make good money in any field for including like carpentry and 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 plumbing I mean if if you're sort of like reasonably smart you show up on time you can make a fortune as a plumber um and 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 what 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 I think people missed was that like this causation is not correlation right so 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 and, but but the, the push from like uh, like um, in, what uh, employers uh, and, and politicians is still like a, we got we gotta like educate like we have no natural resources say so I edges edges in education so we we gotta send everybody to college because that way everybody will make good good money but I mean it doesn't work because I think primarily that like. College education or university education is is more sort of like a a, a selection process than a it's a selective effect than a selection bias rather than education and in, in, in essentially the, the good students are not sort of educated as much as they are selected they are already good so what happens when you send everybody to to college instead of sending like thirty percent you send sixty percent is that you have to lower the standards mm-hmm. and 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 so they kind of lose the reputation of like intelligence and reliability. And then downside is, of course, now we have this badge that people are beginning to think worthless, but you still have to have the debt.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big question there is, you know, just skipping sort of forward one question there is, is why, you know, why are we so compelled to get into debt? I think in the UK, the statistic is like over 80% of, of cars are on credit yeah
1: it's mad uh i mean it's i guess it's easy i mean i always hated that so it's it's hard for me to relate uh i have i have only ever owed money once when we got stuck in the middle of nowhere our car completely crashed and burned essentially <laughs> the engine sort of like snapped out it didn't want to live anymore so we had to and had had to buy a car so i had i had a, I had a car loan for like three months but um, one one of the things I actually was planning to do with uh, the money I saved because, before I started looking into financial independence was uh, to buy a house, so I did not have to to, to take a mortgage, because like uh, this whole idea of paying interest for nothing was just anathema to me. Uh, but um, I think that there very very many clever ways of hiding how expensive it actually is to be in in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I mean, I think that's that's essentially it. I mean, I've, I've and and also like it's it's normal to be in debt, so it gets normalized. Uh, in the US, people are very like fascinated by a thing called credit score, which is sort of like a measure <laughs> of how good you are at being like a, a debt slate. Yeah, the amount of
0: people who've said to me, uh, get a credit card because paying it back puts up your credit score. And exactly. Like, exactly. I, I just I just think. No, I don't want debt. And they say, no, 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 it's not debt. It's not debt. It's not money I have. I don't spend it. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I've heard, I've, I've heard the same thing. You know, like uh you got to, you got to have, you got to take a loan or something, and then show sure you can pay it off. <laughs> I think it's the same. Uh, you know, you don't don't pay it off at uh, all at once. You know, I got paid off slowly, so you can build your credit. <laughs> like I cannot conceivably really how it works, right? Uh, but I think it's sort of like a, a, a similar system to like the, the educational system, and that people are sort of like trained to sort of like a debt score is essentially the analogy to being like a really good student. Mm-hmm. You know, you're very good at carrying it. If you have a high credit score, you know, it means you're like very good at credit uh, carrying a load. Yeah, it's, uh, it's proof, proof
0: that you you've believed the propaganda, and you're not gonna you're not gonna be yeah. too radical for the for the workplace.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one one thing that has happened since, like, uh, so 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 there's a lot of things, weird things that have gotten like supremely expensive to how expensive they used to be, and then like one of one of the reasons there is like financialization. So a lot of things have been financialized, and 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 what that means is that essentially instead of of, of paying cash up front, you do some financial engineering and turn that into a cash flow instead. So instead of giving me like a million dollars, which I might not need, I might instead say, well, uh, I give you a million dollars and instead you sort of like pay me back like $10,000 a month for like a long, long, long time. <laughs> and uh, so that's a way for me to sort of like generate income from other people. So like the, it's a way for like the financial industry to make to make money by turning more and more things into Into sort of like cash streams. So there's this like slogan, slogan about like turning consumers into dependable cash streams. Uh, And you see that with like houses, you see it with cars, you see it with education, uh, health insurance, even uh, and and consumer credit. Just like in general, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything's going on credit now. Even some big
0: like big appliances. I know know people who uh, they they their understanding of budgeting is so bad. They say, "Oh, the uh, the washing machine is only ten pounds a month for like three yeah. years or something." And you go, but uh, you go get a second hand one for you know a hundred or whatever, and they just yeah. they don't realize that it's like a positive feedback, more debt, and you just get it more and more, and it's like.
1: And it also it also like kills the, sort of like the price mechanism because if everybody starts buying things based, based on the on um on what the monthly payment is rather than what the actual cost is, and interest rates say go low, then the price of the asset can go like sky high and nobody cares because all the <laughs> it looks up.
0: cheap it looks cheap yeah yeah you know like
1: i mean uh, over here you don't you can't it's it's very hard to figure out what how much a car actually costs right mm-hmm. they'll be having a tell you, well this is like 300 dollars a month yeah but what is the actual price oh i'll have to like look it up or something right <laughs> and then then say you have this car loan like that's like that that's at six percent you know, when three hundred dollars, in and the interest rate drops to four percent, then the actual value of cars just go like go up. You know, by a hundred and fifty percent rate, or by fifty percent.
0: Yeah, I mean it's something along those lines happening in the UK at the moment. I mean, cars are cars are sort of astronomically priced at the moment, but it, I think it is because of one of these reasons. I mean, I know, I've known people with really you know minimum wage jobs paying back two three hundred a month on a Sort of yeah. one two year old car, and it's like you can't afford, you know you literally can't afford that. But they've made yeah. it possible.
1: And in some sense, I mean, what 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 this will, what what this does is to to create this kind of debtor debtor class of people that it gets very very hard to to get out of it, especially the lower interest rates go. Because to get to get out of it, not only do you have to pay back your debt, but you also have to get in on the other side. And in order to like develop a a cash flow, you need to pay because yields are so low now. You need tremendous amounts of uh, of uh, savings to 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 generate the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 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 sort of like a new financial structure in society now. So I think I think that is that is a middle class problem in 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 that sense.
0: But I mean that that sort of goes towards the idea of freedom because obviously people people in debt sort of become not free because then you really. You can't risk not having a job, you can't risk X, Y, right. and Z because you've got to pay it back. So do you yeah. think you know, do you think contemporary freedom is largely economic now? Or do you think that uh as long as you don't get in debt, if you change your mentality,
1: it it, it can be something different? I mean, yes, it's sort of like a yes and no question uh answer because it kinda of depends on how much how much money you have. <laughs> right? <laughs> um so um if you have the money, you um, you have a large free. I mean, the, the main control, I, I would say, in Western society is essentially uh, financial. So, do you have a, do you have money, or do you have access to money? Uh, like, if you're like a, a a big big business dude, it doesn't really matter how much, how rich you are; matters how good your credit lines are. And the same thing with with the uh, consumers. Um, so, sort of at sort of like at the low level. I would say, um, where money is a constraint, uh, then the control, whenever something is a constraint, it can be a control, right? So if you feel like you don't have money to do everything you want, then yes, money is primarily what can control you. Uh, The the other thing, uh, the other control people have is essentially kind of like, the the other way people are controlled is essentially kind of like the divide and conquer strategy of that specialization has uh, created. Because if you're hugely specialized in something, like you can basically only do your, do 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 your do your own own job and not much else, it creates enormous amounts of interdependence, right? Because you need money to do practically everything else in your life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, um, I think there's, there's, there's like a, there's a there's a chapter in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the, the main guy ends so up on some kind of primitive planet thinks he's going to like rule it because he comes from like a highly technological society or something but then he quickly re- realizes that while he knows very well how to like operate a microwave and he has no idea how one works at all mm-hmm. right so, so so like from sort of like a consumer perspective we're actually quite illiterate technologically mm-hmm. illiterate we have I mean, and, and, and to me, sort of like a good mark of of education is how well you understand how well you understand your own environment, how well you understand how to manipulate it, mm-hmm. right? And 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 sort of like consumer and and and, and specialized worker education is, is 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 kind of at a very crude level, and that the key to everything is money. Without money, m- not much can be, be done.
0: But that's sort of forbidden now, that whole mentality of uh, like it's 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 like silently forbidden, you know, the idea of like if you worked on your car and you weren't a mechanic or you worked on like a motorbike and you weren't a mechanic or, you know, you repaired your washing machine and you're not like a, you know, a registered credentialed repairman. People, people like frown upon that because it's sort of been deemed not the done thing. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, credentialism is just sort of like strengthening that separation even further. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's sort of like somewhat nefarious. I mean, I can see why it's also necessary, right? Uh, so it's yeah, there's always downsides to something. I mean, so sort of, but but sort of like the uh, the the, the counter argument to 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 uh, to where the money controls everything is that once you have enough of it, you'll you'll sort of quickly quickly find that there's there's more to freedom than than what what you can buy with money. There's there's there's, there's, there's stuff that you cannot cannot essentially buy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it's 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 it's, it's um there are certain sort of like unsubstitutable things in 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 life, and you're, you're essentially sort of like restricted by what you have the least of. So so say someone who's like a millionaire, billionaire, they're still limited by like their, who their connections are, how creative they are, and what kind of personal skills they have. You know, I mean, you, you can be really rich, but if and and you might be able to pay. Uh, buy like front front seat tickets to a hobby game right mm-hmm. but you cannot you cannot buy the experience of actually playing in that game that, that's no. a skill thing right um so um in in in, in that regard it's, it's 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 money it's money is just just a tool but it's, it's sort of like the most important tool in that way but it's not all tools Do you you think like a change
0: in your mentality though, sort of, you know, beginning to understand what credentialism is, beginning to understand why you may not actually want something, you can sort of go towards the contentment that someone with millions of pounds has without actually having the money. You can be happy, you know, you could develop a mindset where you're happy without having much at all.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, for, I mean, for me, it was definitely relative, uh, in in the sense it's it's not so much how much money you have on an absolute scale unless you want to compare yourself to others but more in terms of how much money in terms how much money you have to have relative to how much money you actually want to spend mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's kind of like um it's kind of like like water essentially um so uh when, once you have enough money it's kind of like having water on tap mm-hmm. tap water so like if if you need. Water there. Uh you, you need water to drink. It's there on tap. You can turn it on. You can turn it off. But it's it's always there. It's it's like a very different mentality than if water was something you had to like walk five miles and then and, and carry a bucket back. Yeah, then it's a limited resource. So sort of occupies your mind, right?
0: Like if you earn if you earned a thousand dollars per month, but you've worked everything out and you're happy, literally spending five hundred, then you actually yeah. by your own, you know, relative uh equation, you're rich in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean I mean rich is essentially to me a question of cash flow. Whether the like the incoming is is, is bigger than the out outgoing. It's it's uh or rather, rather that's sort of like wealth. I mean and even in your in your example you'd have a savings rate of fifty percent. Yeah, so you can you can retire <laughs> after like half years. the time. Yeah. About seventeen years, yeah. Um and yeah, if you if you bump it up to like seventy or eighty percent, which is is what I, I did in grad school, you can actually retire on a grad student salary after five years. Hmm. It's insane, right? It's crazy. The big uh
0: the big sort of um function for you then isn't the Western mistake of I need to earn more, but actually I need to spend less.
1: Right, yeah, and I, I think that's that's sort of like where I've encountered the most resistance, uh, talking sort of like to your sort of like standard uh, standard consumers who first get into this whole financial independence retire early, movie because they had these like two very strongly held ideas. One is like, uh, why, 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 like, spend less, which in their mind means sacrifice, because they're used to sort of like thinking only in terms of like the money component. So, if you spend less, you're clearly getting like worse products or worse meaning, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of like the standard mentality. So, you have to sort of like look at other components along this vector. But, can I do it myself? Can I do it in a different way? Um, and the other thing is uh, that kind of goes along with that, you can just learn more is this um, the, the economic idea of comparative advantage, which dates back to uh, Adam Smith, I think uh when the argument is well i i make like thirty dollars an hour doing my job so therefore i should not waste my time on doing anything whatsoever that is only productive at the twenty five dollars per hour level and that kind of keeps people specialized and therefore interdependent Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, so i mean it's it's sort of like some i i it's it's like ideas that are technically good for an economic system uh, as a whole can actually be pretty bad or counter self-destructive to the individuals uh, in the system itself because it's kind of like uh, an anthill, uh as a system is a tremendously successful design right i mean there's been ants on this planet for like billions of years i think i'm right about that uh, but I don't, I wouldn't want to be like an individual end in an end tilt, even if the end tilt is, is doing well. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Huh. Okay. Um, is there anything you'd like to uh, add, which you, we haven't covered, which you'd like to add in?
1: Uh, don't
0: think so. <laughs> okay. Whereabouts, uh, uh, whereabouts can we get, uh, early retirement extreme and whereabouts can we find, are you still sort of blocking or is, is that less now?
1: Yeah, so I mean, um, so I still, I still run the, the, the site early retirement extreme.com, uh, the blog is defunct, so to speak, it's just archived, I found after four years of, of writing, what was like, mostly I consider research notes, like throwing ideas out and see what was to see what was was interesting. I, I basically, I basically stopped that. So that ran from from 2007 to 2011, it just goes on all cycle. Uh, they just recycle essentially um if you want sort of like the uh the the, the summary or the conclusion or the the dissertation of, of of that project, if you will uh place to go is definitely at the book uh so that's that's both I've sold something like forty six thousand copies now and so I said like people either love it or hate it, depending on whether you're looking for for what do you say sort of like interesting thoughts. Then you would probably like it, but if you're looking for some kind of like a simple how-to uh, motivational reading that can be finished in like an afternoon, you probably hate it. Okay. I um, that, and it's on uh, it's on Amazon, yeah. It, it's it's pretty much only on Amazon. It's because it's self-published. It's just easier that way for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, this also on Kindle. Um, and then uh, if you want to sort of like join us, uh, we I'm active on, on my forum, which you can find on my website uh so it's it's not so much a beginner's forum it's not so we 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 rarely talk about like how how do i figure out how do i make a budget or how do i how do i start investing it's sort of like more sort of like it's sort of like the advanced end of, uh, of, of personal finance and we talk we also talk a lot about like the ecological impacts and how to like deal with this sort of like a predicament we're, we're currently finding ourselves in. So it's a little bit fringe to the standard personal finance uh, world, which still focuses more on earning more and sort of like um, living within this sort of like more consumeristic uh, universe. Huh. Okay. I'll be sure to uh, put those links in the yeah.
0: description below. Um, but that seems like a good place to sort of finish up. So uh okay. Jakob Lundfiska, thanks for uh, coming on. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for letting me talk here. Yeah. <laughs> oh.